Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. You might be asking yourself, well, well, wait a minute, how does that work? How can the church be a place that is home? The church can and is designed to be a family. And when the family comes together, we are home where our hearts are united, where we're able to greet each other and love on one another. That's what the church is. And when the church is acting as the family it should, the church together makes our values visible. Did you ever have your dad come up to you and say something along the lines of, your last name is, and our family will be thought of by, and we don't act that way, or we need others to know that, and We don't do this and we do do that, right? My last name is Park. You are a Park. You need to act like it. When we are at the church, when we are living as the church, we get to make the values of the church visible. The way that you act, the way that you respond, the way that you love, the way that you give, The way that you post online, the way that you treat others, the way that you handle storms and hurts and pains, all represent your family, the church. And so throughout this series, we want to invite you to consider calling the church home. For those of you that are local and you're from this area, we want to invite you to consider making Branch Life Church your home. We're a brand new church family. We're just barely five months old, and we are excited to see the family growing and expanding, and we're excited about what God is calling us to do and the values that he has laid on our heart, and we're going to tell you all about those things, and hopefully as you hear them, you will feel led to become a part of this family. For those of you that are looking for or in need of a church and you're from the area, I would just invite you to lean in and learn a little bit about uh, what we are all about. You see, when you say the word church, it always stirs up a different reaction. And for some people, when you say the word church, you know, they turn and run the other way. For other people, they spit. For other people, they throw up a little bit in their mouths. For other people, they go, ah, and for other people, they go, um, I, I, what, uh, where? It's all different for all different people. What we're going to talk about is the idea of what the church should be according to the Bible and what makes a church that's trying to strive to do what the Bible tells the church to do different and why is that the best, why is there no place like home then? So, uh, we want to encourage you to, if you're out there and you're like, you know what, I don't know about this whole church thing, I want to invite you just to listen in and lean in and hear about what we believe the church should be. And if branch life is not the home for you, I still believe that God has a church home for you. And there are a lot of great churches here in the area, in the state, around the country, and around the world. So whether you're listening from Pottstown, or whether you're listening from Anchorage, Alaska, or somewhere in India, or in China, please find a church that you can call home. Find a church 
that is the church that the Bible describes, the church that, like the church we're going to talk about over the next few weeks and get connected. It's the most important decision that you can make in your life. And tonight we're going to talk over those things. So uh, we want to invite you to consider being a part of the church. Now here's the terrible truth about the church. A lot of people know what the church is against, but they don't know what the church is for. And so tonight, we want to concentrate our efforts on talking about what the church is for. What, what are the things that the church are pro? What are the things that the church promotes? What are the things that the church celebrates and are excited about? The church should be a place that emphasizes what they are for. Just this week, a brand new book got released, and it's, it's this book right here on the screen called For. And what we're talking about is not a new idea. There are churches all over the country that are having the same discussion, and we're talking about what the church should be for. And if you want to dive in a little bit deeper, you can get a hold of this book. You can, you can read it. You can find it on Amazon. And it's, it's going to explain to you some really awesome ideas about what the church is for. And, and this is not, again, new, although this is a new book. What the church is for is an ancient discussion. And it's a discussion that Jesus himself had. And so tonight, as we get ready to talk about what the church is for, I'm going to next, uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m., jump onto Facebook Live, tell you a little bit more about the book, give you a little bit more information about uh, some details in the book and what some of the great ideas are there. So if you're interested in that, jump on to that. But we're really going to explore this idea of what the church is for. And we're going to start in the first place that it came up. In the New Testament, while Jesus was walking around on the earth, he talked about this thing called the church. As a matter of fact, the church is not man's idea. The church is not something that a group of people invented and decided to create. A church is some, the church is something that Jesus himself created. So when Jesus started to talk about the church, he was the one that first came up with this concept of this is what the church is for. And there was a guy that thought what Jesus was doing was interesting, thought the teaching that Jesus was presenting was challenging, and so he was a religious leader and he snuck out one night to meet Jesus. He didn't want his buddies to know that they were going to have this conversation. And he came up, and him and Jesus are sitting down, and they started talking about what it meant to be a part of the church, what it meant to be a part of the kingdom of God, what God's plan was for now and for the future, what God is for. There are a lot of churches out there. There are a lot of religious institutions. There are a lot of gathering spots and gathering people that miss the importance of this conversation that we're going to show you tonight. If you've ever watched a football game like the one that took place this afternoon, sorry Jets, and you've ever seen players in the field or on the fans holding signs, you've probably seen a reference for John 3.16. John 3.16 is the most famous verse in the Bible. And it starts with the word for. For. 
You see, Jesus, God's son, is for something. There's something that he wants us to be all about. And he told Nicodemus in this conversation, just the two of them, what we're supposed to be for. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe you've heard this verse tonight right now for the first time. Maybe it's the first time that you're paying attention to it. Maybe you've just heard this verse for the 10,000th time. But please don't miss the importance and the simplicity and the power of the message in this verse. Jesus is giving us all instructions about what we are supposed to be for. He is laying us an example that we are to follow. He is listing out values that we are to cherish. And in this verse alone, there are at least five values that should be cherished by the church and that should be cherished by every follower of Jesus because Jesus cherished these values and because God cherished these values. And over the course of the next four weeks, as we talk about what we are as a church, what Branch Life Church is striving to be, we're going to take each Sunday night and we're going to highlight some of our values. And the values that we're going to be talked about are all right here in John 3.16. I'll give you a quick preview and then we'll move on. Oh, excuse me. The church what, what does John 3.16 talk about values? It talks about this. The church must be relentless for the world. We must be relentlessly for the world. And that starts with you. For God so loved what? The world. He loved the world. And when God said, hey, son or daughter, you're a part of my family, you need to be someone who loves the world, is for the world, and is for the people of this world. So here's the values that we see in John chapter uh, 3, verse 16. Five of them just pop out. And there's more here, but here's the five that we want to highlight tonight. We value as a church because God values it and because Jesus values it, truth. Truth. We think truth is extremely important. As a matter of fact, if you ask anybody out there, we would all agree we value truth. And we believe in promoting and lifting high truth. And the idea of truth is found in the Son, in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is called the way, the truth, and the life. Because of Jesus and because of his teaching and because of what he says, Jesus has handed to us the word of God where truth can be found. And so as a church, we value Jesus, we value the word of God, and every time we gather together, we open God's word. It's extremely important to us. And if you're here tonight and you don't have a Bible, you don't have a copy of God's word, there's some Bibles here in the front, there's some Bibles in the back next to the boxes. You can grab one. That's our gift to you. Anytime you need one, anytime you have a friend that needs one, we want to give the, the truth to as many people as possible. In John 3, 16, as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he goes on and he said, for God so loved the world, right? God valued cultural connection. God valued connecting truth to this world. 
God cared about reaching the people of this world and the different cultures and the different styles and the different uh, communication efforts that it takes to be a part of the world. He wanted to get the message. He wanted to get the love of Jesus out to the world. So he valued cultural connection. So here at Branch Life Church, when we talk about the truth, when we give the message of God's word, when we show the love of God, we want to show it and give it in a way that makes sense, that's relevant, that connects to our culture and our time and our day. We're just going to talk, frankly, about how a book that's a thousand years old can matter to someone in America today. God valued cultural connection, and so do we. For God so loved the world that he gave. Man, this shows us our third value, and I can't wait to talk to you on a whole Sunday about this, and our pastoral team is going to bring you this conversation, but we believe that God values not just generosity, but radical generosity. How much did God love the world? He loved the whole world that he gave, some encouraging words, (laughs) that he gave some some, uh, gifts, that he gave a little extra money, that he gave his one and only son. That is radical generosity. That is generosity unlike has ever been known. Greater love has this, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. That's radical generosity. And as a church, We believe and we value radical generosity. We hope that we've already been able to be practicing our generous uh, acts of radical generosity all along the way, even in the young life of this church. And we hope that forever we will be radically generous with with the community around us, with the people that God brings into our lives, with our neighbors, with our world, uh, and with all those who have needs. We want to radically be someone who is generous with our stuff, with our time, with our love, with our affection, with our money. We want to give our only begotten to help the other people that are around us, even if they don't call this place home. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who represents truth, that whosoever, whosoever, here's a value that the church should hold. The church should be open to everyone. Every tribe every tongue, every nation, every color, every gender, every income level, every school district, every football fan, even the Dallas football fans. It should be open to everyone. There's everyone of every political persuasion, everyone of every nationality. There is nothing Nothing that would separate us from the love of God. There is no reason that anyone should not be welcome into the church. And so we believe that the church is open to whosoever, that a relationship with Jesus is open to whosoever. No matter what side of the river you live on, whether you're from an urban area or from a country area, whether it's your suburban or Canadian, it's open to everyone. And we have done a great job in today's culture at walling other people and other communities and other neighborhoods off based on awfully random things like the color of someone's skin. 
And that has no place in the church. Whosoever, whosoever is welcome. And so as a church here at Branch Life, we value unity and we believe that we are better together. We are stronger together. We can have a greater impact in our world, in our communities, and in our neighborhoods, and in our time, and in our generation together. So we're going to talk more about that during this series. And the last value that I see here in John chapter 3:16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish and have everlasting life. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a disciple of Jesus. And we believe in multiplication. We believe that, that disciples of Jesus should make more disciples of Jesus and should be able to draw more people to themselves. We care passionately that people begin and grow in a relationship with Jesus so that they can have everlasting life. When you love your neighbor, when you care about unity, when you have a value of radical generosity, when you hold up the truth, it takes you to a place of sharing and giving and inviting people to become a part of this family. We want to multiply. Found people, find people. When you become a disciple of Jesus, Jesus said that I will make you fishers of men. And there's nothing more exciting in this journey than seeing someone else become a part of the family of God. Someone else become connected to Jesus Christ and grow in that personal relationship because the consequences of not doing so are severe. So God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to know him. And so this verse guides and guards and, and teaches and shows us the values that we have as a church. What we are for. So I'm excited to dive deep into these over the next couple weeks, and we're going to start that in earnest next week. But before we get there, we wanted to just show you one more picture that reminds us of what the church is supposed to be for and gives us a, a, some great reminders about the church. And whether you're against church or thinking about church or you're already a part of the church, I think this picture will be extremely exciting for you. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And again, in this passage of scripture, we're hearing from Jesus himself. He is the one that is telling the story that we're about to read and that we'll unpack together this evening for the next few minutes. But as we read his word, let's bow for a word of prayer. God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've allowed us to be here tonight. We thank you that we can be together. And we thank you, God, for building your church here and around the world. And God, we pray that as we read your word, as we have this discussion, as we go through this series, God, that you would use it in a great and powerful way in all of our lives, whether we're here in this place or whether we're listening, God, abroad. We pray, Lord, that you would use it to strengthen each one who hears uh, their connection to Christ and their connection to the church. And God, that you would allow us to demonstrate to the world how much you love it. In your precious holy name we pray, amen. So in Luke chapter 14, Jesus is sitting down and he's, he's having some conversations uh, with some people that are kind of giving him a hard time. And they're challenging him, and they're, they're you know, throwing some hard questions his way, and they're sort of pushing him around. And, and Jesus didn't really push back other than to go into teaching mode. And he taught through stories a lot of the time. And so this story in Luke chapter 14 is called the story of the great banquet. And I just want to read the story for you or tell the story to you, and then we'll come back and show you some highlights and how this is connected to the church. So down in verse 
15, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, and this is the person sitting at the table, blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. So this, this person who was there and kind of giving Jesus a hard time said, you know what? Blessed or blessed or awesome is it when someone eats bread in the kingdom of God, when they become a part of God's family, when they enter into God's kingdom and God is the ruler and the reigner of their life. And so he brings up this topic about God's kingdom and God being in charge and somebody following after him. And so this cued Jesus into the story that he's about to tell. Verse 16, but Jesus said to him this story. A man once gave a great banquet, and he invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please excuse me. And the other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them, so please have me excused. And yet another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I can't come. What kind of excuse is that? He, this is literally the first person that said, that ball and chain, I can't, she won't let me do anything fun. I can't come to your banquet. Offensive. Can't believe it. Verse 21, so the servant came and reported these things to the master, and the master of the house became angry. And he said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded me has been done, yet there is still room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel the people to come in. That my house may be filled, for I tell you, none of these men who were originally invited shall taste of my banquet. This is the story of the great banquet. You know, it's all in connected to the kingdom of God, and that's really the secret to kind of understanding what this story is about. And in the story, the master is a symbol for, G for God. God is the ruler of the kingdom. God is the master of the house. God is the one who is preparing a great feast and he's inviting everyone to come and be a part of his kingdom. And so in the first part of the story of the Bible, God was working with a chosen people that he invited into his kingdom called the Israelites. They were a nation. They were a nation that God chose and he was working through them to make the world a better place. And he had a plan to use them. But these Israelites rejected God. Eventually, they said when Jesus was born that Jesus was not God. And they chose, instead of following Jesus, to crucify Jesus. And the master of the house was angry. And he said to them, go and invite the broken and the hurting, the crippled and the lame. And the kingdom of God was opened to everyone. Everyone just as they are. No requirements. No bloodline needed to be followed. No amount of money could get them in. It was open to all. And when it didn't fill enough or fast enough, 
The master said to his servants, those who were already a part of the kingdom, you need to go out and do more to get more people into my kingdom so that my house will be full. When Jesus walked on this earth, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. And Jesus introduced his disciples to this idea of the church. And the church became the way that God built the kingdom in this time and in this place and this generation. So here's our first reminder from this story. The church is God's plan A for Pottstown and beyond. The church is God's plan A for Pottstown and beyond. When he says, come, for everything is now ready, God has made it ready. He's allowing for everyone to enter into his kingdom and into his presence and into a relationship with God Almighty. It's ready, it's set. All you have to do is accept the invitation. And so now all are invited. And Jesus said to his followers, I, Jesus, will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church exists to pull people away from eternal punishment in hell, to charge the gates and capture people from the doom that is awaiting them. That is the purpose and the mission of the church. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why is there such a need for radical generosity? Because God knows what happens if you don't become a follower of him. And so the church then becomes God's plan for Pottstown and beyond. I wanna tell you right here and now what Branch Life Church is for. Branch Life Church is for Pottstown. Branch Life Church is for our Pottstown community and for the people that make up every part of Pottstown. Branch Life Church is for the Philadelphia area. We are for the people that live and work and go to school in the Philadelphia area. Branch Life Church is for the Northeast of the United States. Branch Life Church is for all of the states that make up this unique corner of the planet. And we are for everyone who gathers around and calls the Northeast home. Branch Life Church is for the world. We are for reaching people because we believe that God is for the world. And so the mission of the church, the purpose of the church becomes radically important. So how's it going? How is the church doing at reaching people? How are the invitations being received? I want to show you a couple of numbers up here on the screen. And 8% represents today the percentage of people in Pennsylvania today who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that the way of salvation is by faith through grace alone in a relationship with Jesus Christ and in the truth of God's word. 8% believe that. Only 8% are following Jesus. Now the other numbers that I show you represent our areas and our region that I've already mentioned. 200,000 people represents the number of people that are within 10 miles of where you and I are at this very moment. 200,000 people are within 10 miles of this spot. 1,472,000 people live in Berks, Chester, and Montgomery counties. 
1,564 people live, or excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong slide. Jump back. 17, uh, 1,700,000 people live in Philadelphia proper. 7 million people live in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. And 50 million people lived in the northeast of the United States. Now, when you take 8% away from those numbers, here are the number of people in our area that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They are not born again. They would not claim to follow the Jesus of the Bible. Within 10 miles of this place, 184,000. In the three counties that were surrounded, almost a million and a half. In Philadelphia alone, over a million and a half. In the Philadelphia metropolitan area, over six million people are not, do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in the Northeast United States, 46 million people do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. All of these people need to receive an invitation to the kingdom of God. All of these people need a church that is described in the New Testament, that is radically generous, that is founded on truth, that believes in multiplication and cultural connection. We have work to do. When you look at the map of the United States and you start breaking it out into regions, if you look at uh, Kentucky, for example, I'm going to walk off screen because I lost my TV and I can't read the numbers from here. If you look at Kentucky, there is one church for every 788 people. And that's, that's a pretty good number. If you look at Georgia, there's one church for every 12 thousand people. But if you jump up here into the Northeast in Rhode Island, for example, there's one church for every 8,450 people. In New Hampshire, there's one church for every 6,000 people. In Massachusetts, there's one church for every 8,000 people. I show you this graph to demonstrate to you that the Northeast of the United States has become the most spiritually dry corner of our nation. It's become the, one of the most needy areas as far as helping people connect to Christ and where this used to be a strong place of spirituality, a strong place of people following God, a bastion for churches that were thriving and built on what the New Testament said, it is now a place that is starving for healthy churches to reach people. And guess where we live and where Branch Life Church exists? Right in the middle of the Northeast United States. We have work to do. So I want to tell you real quick what our purpose, vision, mission, and statement are here at Branch Life Church. Our purpose as a church is that we exist to glorify God by making disciples who love God wholly and love our neighbors as ourselves. And everything we do, we want to glorify God, whether therefore we eat or drink. We want to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, and mind, and we really believe in loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's our purpose. That's what we're going to be about as a church, and we're not going to get distracted from that. And God has put us on a mission. Our mission is changed lives. We believe in changing lives through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave so that lives would change. And to change lives, we believe in connecting people to Christ. We want to be all about strengthening people's connections to Jesus. And wherever you are in your spiritual journey, we hope that your time with Branch Life Church and with the Church of God will cause you to grow in your relationship with Jesus, however, whatever that means and wherever you are. 
We want to be a church that's reaching people that don't yet have a relationship with Jesus and encouraging people who have known Jesus their entire lives. And we believe that the church can and should be about strengthening that connection to Christ. And we believe that the mission is reaching more people. The stronger your connection to Christ, the farther your reach. We believe in this so much, that's the reason we named the church Branch Life. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. The stronger your connection to Christ, the farther you will reach out as a branch and the greater blessings you will be able to bestow on those around you. The fruit you will be able to bear and to share. The shelter you will be able to give will be stronger, will be greater based on the strength of your connection to Christ. So we want to be all about strengthening your connection to Christ so that we can reach our world. We have a vision. We kind of have a dream. And our dream is to be a simple church. It's not that complicated. We want to be a simple church that is biblically sound. We love the Bible that connects in today's culture and is actively multiplying disciples, leaders, and more churches. Guys, if by the grace of God, this is just the beginning. And we want to be a part of building and starting and revitalizing and networking with churches all over the Northeast so that more people can be invited into the kingdom of God, so more people can have a relationship with Jesus. But it starts with the simple word multiplication. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you now have an assignment. You are on a mission. Jesus is sending you out as his servant to invite others to him. And at Branch Life Church, one of the things we love to celebrate, maybe we love to celebrate more than anything else, is when someone gets baptized. Because baptism is one of the coolest pictures in the Bible. Baptism is someone who says, I believe in Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to go public and let the world know that I'm in. And so we believe in baptism at at Branch Life Church, and we celebrate it when someone does baptism. We cheer, we throw things at them, we, uh, we give hugs even though they're already wet. This is the most exciting thing that could happen. And one of the things we do at Branch Life is we invite the person who was most instrumental in that spiritual journey of the person getting baptized to stand with their friend when they're baptized. And the reason we invite influencers to stand with the people getting baptized is because we want to show and demonstrate that it's people reaching people. We want you to be able to play that special role and to have that special privilege of seeing eternity uh, lives changed for eternity. One of the things that I pray for everyone who's a regular part of Branch Life is that they will be able to someday soon stand next to someone they love who's getting baptized, who's following after Jesus, and who's in. We want to see people come to Christ. We want to see them get baptized and then grow and develop into leaders and then be a part of planting more churches. Remember the numbers? It's hundreds of thousands within 10 miles. It's millions within 30 miles and tens of millions within just a couple hundred miles of this place who need Jesus. We've got to be about the business of multiplication. Are you here, and are you a follower of Jesus, but you have not yet been baptized? Tonight I want to challenge you to let us celebrate with you your baptism. If you're listening online or if you're watching on YouTube, anybody can sign up for our baptism service. You just have to go to the website. You can see it up here on the screen, and you can fill in your information and let us know 
I want to have a conversation about being baptized. And the next time we're going to do this together is just two Sundays from now on October 20th. And we're going to fill up the baptismal pool and we're going to get our clappers ready and our horns and we're going to cheer for people that are ready to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm all in and I'm ready to be welcomed home. So let's celebrate baptism. And if you're here and you're like, I can't sign up online, you have a next step card that Pastor Corey already talked about. And I want you to go ahead and mark on that right now. I'm interested in baptism. And then later in the service, we're gonna collect that. We have an idea of a strategy at Branch Life. And I hope our strategy is a little bit different. And we may be a kind of like a different kind of church than you're used to because of the strategy. And here's the strategy that we have. We will be for Pottstown by individually loving our neighbors. So the first thing we're all about at Branch Life Church is one-on-one connection. Giving space, time, energy, effort, and prayer to loving our neighbors. Just be someone who is known as a follower of Jesus and someone who loves their neighbors. Now, if I would go onto your Facebook page and I would read your posts, would I determine that you are a loving neighbor or not, right? How's it going? This is a challenging task. But if we love the world, we've got to work at being a loving neighbor. And so we're gonna do this together and we call it Pray, Invest, Invite and we have a whole conversation about it, but that's our first step in our strategy. Our second step is we are going to empower groups to bless others. And when we get together in small branch groups all over this community and whatever those groups look like and whatever reason they're formed, one of the challenges that we will give to every single group is regularly asking that group to bless somebody, to take time away from their own personal group time, to set aside some of the studying that they're doing for an evening and to go forward to reach people and to love people and to party with people and to encourage people and to serve people and organizations and neighbors. And through the personal connections, being able to reach out and say, you know what? We just wanted to show you God's love. And so our groups are on mission. And if you're here tonight and you're a group leader, I wanna challenge you. When is your next service project? When is the, when's the next thing you're doing for somebody else? Who can you follow up with? Who can you as a group uh, pray for? Who can you wrap your arms around? And the third thing that we're praying God will enable us to do is to live out this strategy by obtaining and operating a multi-use community center facility to serve our city. Someday we want to be able to have a building that's our own. And we want our building to be unique in that it's a building that we give to our communities Mondays through Sundays. And, and we don't know what it'll look like, but we have some ideas of maybe some things that could be a part of it. Maybe there's an, a crazy awesome kids center where parents can come and get a coffee and relax and foster kids can meet up with their, with their uh, biological parents and they can have supervised visits in a really fun place. Maybe there's a rec center connected to it or an education center. Uh, maybe there's an event center that's there, but it's something that meets the needs that are in Pottstown and is open to the people of Pottstown all the time. And then Branch Life Church kind of just gathers there on Sundays and kind of sneaks back out and we use even our facility to be a blessing to others. That's our dream. And if you are a part of Branch Life Church, if Branch Life is your home, we hope that you will be all in in helping making this dream happen, that you will be the builders of this building, that you will be the servers in these groups, and that you will be the ones who individually love other people. Just last week, I was able to sit and listen to the story of a man named Lee Strobel. 
And some of you may recognize that name and some of you may not, but Lee Strobel was an atheist, an alcoholic, a hedonist, and narcissistic. And those are the words that he uses to describe himself. He didn't believe in God. He lived just for pleasure. He thought only about himself. And he drowned out his emotions and his sorrows in alcohol on a regular basis. His relationship with his kids was hurtful to non-existent. His relationship with his wife was teetering on the edge of divorce. And Lee Strobel's wife had gotten connected to some very kind ladies in her community and they encouraged her and wrapped their arms around her and they brought her to church. And after visiting church several times, they experienced a lot of the stuff that we've talked about and she gave her life to Christ. She decided to become a follower of Jesus and she went home to her husband and she said, Lee, I need to tell you something. I've decided to become a follower of Jesus. And Lee says in his own testimony, the first thing I thought in my brain, but I didn't say it with my mouth, was divorce. And he didn't want any part of Jesus. And he didn't want any part of Jesus and his family, even though his world was falling apart. So instead of getting a divorce, he decided that he was going to disprove Christianity and he was going to convince his wife that what she was being led into was a lie. And for the next two years, he went all in on disproving Christianity. Today, Lee Strobel is a world-renowned author. He has written one of the best-selling books titled A Case for Christ. If you go to Netflix right now, you can watch the movie called A Case for Christ. He is an all-in member of the church fighting for the kingdom of God, telling everyone who will listen that you need to have a relationship with God because when he went to disprove Jesus, he found Jesus. And he found a relationship with Jesus. And the people that he hated, those people from the church that he was so against, all they did was love him over that two-year period. And they prayed for him. And they were kind to him. And when the time came for him to have a conversation with them, he decided to go all in and he became a follower of Jesus and one of Jesus' greatest champions. That is just one story of life change that takes place in the church, that takes place in the lives of those that get connected to Jesus. And that's our mission. That's our purpose. That's our vision. And that's our strategy, to connect through with people any way we can to strengthen their connection with Jesus. The second thing we see in the story uh, that reminds us about the church is if it's important, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find excuses. How many of you, not by raise of hand, when you, got it, when you come time for church and, and you've been there and you went, well, the game's on tonight, or I'm pretty tired, or I just married this woman and she won't let me go, right? Remember in the story, those excuses came out? And I, I, want, I want to tell you tonight, what we're talking about, why the church exists is extremely important. And the reason you are here is to be a part of that mission. And this mission is extremely important. And you need to always, always, always be reminded and convinced of the importance of being a part of a church or the church. 
And don't let excuses drive you away from it. Remember what God's reaction, the master's reaction was to the excuses in the story? God was angry. And so let's set aside the excuses and let's be all in in the kingdom of God. Let's be all in in the church. And let's throw away everything that stops us from being a part of this family and being a part of this home. You are invited You're invited to be a regular part of the church. You're invited to be a regular member of this family. And you are invited just as you are. You are invited to come as you are and who you are and strengthen your connection with Jesus Christ. And we love you and would love for you to be a part of this family. You know, to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's a simple conversation that you have with God. Once you know that you're a sinner and that your sin means that you are on track to perishing, all you do is, is put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him for the salvation of your soul and trust in him for your eternity and decide to become a follower of Jesus. It's as simple as accepting an invitation, accepting the free gift of salvation and saying, God, I'm in. I wanna be a follower of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you don't know if you're saved, you don't know if you're a follower of Jesus. You don't know if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to invite you in these moments that we have together to begin that relationship. Simply say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. And I want to accept the invitation to be a part of the family. I want to ask you to come into my heart, into my life, and save me. I'm trusting you. If you do that, If you have that conversation with Jesus, even now in the quietness of this moment, you will be a follower of God. And if you've decided to do that, or if you have any more questions about that, please get a hold of us. Come see a prayer counselor at the end of the service. Let us know on your next step card that you want to begin a relationship with Jesus. And we want to invite you to to, uh, into that celebration. And if you do that listening online or in another location, jump to the website and let us know that you prayed that prayer. And the last thing that this story shows us is simply this, don't come to church alone. Man, this is an incredibly powerful challenge. And and Christians, and those of you that are a part of this church, if you could just live by this motto, it would be transforming for the church. If every Christian would just say, you know what, I'm not coming to church alone, our churches would explode. But we often just come to church alone. But in the story, Jesus said, you're supposed to go to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come into my house that it will be full. And what are you doing, Christian, to compel people to come to the house of the Lord, to come to the kingdom of God, to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it a passion that you are pursuing? Are you praying daily for people by name to come to Christ? Are you ready and equipped to have a conversation about Jesus? Do you know what to do and what to say to answer questions about Jesus? And if you're saved, you know. And and what are we doing as a church to invite others to compel them, to passionately pursue them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know where to start, it just simply starts with one. I want to ask you the question, who's your one? 
If God would lead you to one person that you could invest in, that you could build into, that you could speak truth to, that you could explain the gospel to, that you could help answer any questions that they have, that you could wrap their arms, your arms around them and just love them no matter what they decide about Jesus, who would that be? And what could you do in the next 24 hours, in the next week, to just help them in their spiritual journey? And let's do it. Let's just start with one, and maybe you will be someone who's standing next to your one when they get baptized. Man, oh man, you hear their story up on the screen, and your name came up. God used, put your name, to introduce me to Jesus. There's nothing better. You have with you these next step cards, and I'm, we're going to play a song up on the screen, and it's about a four-minute song. And the reason we're going to play this song tonight is because it's a song about the story that we read. And as that song is being played, I want to ask everybody in the room to react on their card. And you can answer this question, or you can answer another question, um, however you'd like to respond. But what can you do this week to strengthen your connection to Christ and to reach our world. Maybe you're someone who's looking for a church and you say, you know what, I, I wanna get together with my small group leader or with one of the pastors or I wanna pray with my wife about our church, uh, uh, what church we're supposed to be a part of, where we need to attend. Maybe you're someone here, you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus and you wanna have that conversation or you wanna pray that prayer, or you wanna investigate more in God's word or talk to the person that invited you. Maybe you've been a regular attender of Branch Life and you're ready to say, you know what, I'm in. I want to be a part of the core team. Maybe you're someone who just needs to be more intentional about reaching others for Jesus. And there's, there's a time of prayer that you need to have every day. There's something you need to do to invest in other people's lives. And there's someone that you need to invite, write a letter, have a lunch with, whatever. But what is it that you can do to strengthen your connection to Christ? and reach our world. That is what we are about as a church. And if you're ready to get baptized, if tonight you've prayed for salvation, if you want to become a team member, you can check any of those boxes off. But just have a conversation with God as this song is played and think about your role in church. And we want to invite you to become a part of ours and we want to welcome you home. God and Heavenly Father, as we think about what you have for us, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us in these moments. If there are any here that don't know you as personal Savior, God, please draw them to yourself. If there's any here that need encouragement, if there's anyone here that needs to be lifted up, if there's anyone here that needs to become a regular part of the church, God, we pray that you would lead them all in the direction that you would have for them, even in these next few moments. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen.